0: So, not only is it uh, the fourth episode of Team Stretch Mockumentary, it's also the fourth week of a series we've been teaching called Stretch Marks. And um, I've been getting some really, really great feedback from you guys around the, the stuff that has been taught. Um, some of the feedback is kind of expected uh, in the sense of um, people being, in you know, people who like to be stretched, have been, you know, kind of saying to me, lean, leaning into me and saying, hey, Mark, this is great. This is fantastic. I'm really, in, uh, you know, being affirmed that, that the posture that I like to live with is the one that God would have me live with. And, um, but something that may be not quite so obvious, but, but, the, but uh, another level of feedback I've been getting is that uh, many of you are in a, a, a season of stretching. You're in, you're in circumstances that are, Causing you to be stretched in ways that you haven't experienced before and and the teaching here is giving you some some context and some clarity And that's great because one of the mistakes that we can make is is to think that when we're in a season of being Stretched that somehow we're out of god's will But often it's the season that we're being stretched that god reveals himself more fully and more clearly to us So continue to lean in this is life teaching. This isn't just a five-week thing, and then, and, uh, then we're done. Uh, for me, this stuff is easy to preach. I love being stretched. Uh, I like to stretch myself. Uh, as a leader, I love to stretch the people that I'm leading. One of my goals, consistent goals around leadership, is, is the art of stretching without breaking the people that I'm leading. Uh, we never, I'm never content with the status quo, not in my own life, not in the lives of those that I'm leading, not at Elevate Church and not through what Elevate, what God's called us to do. Uh, never content with the status quo. So we're never going to have crossed the finish line. We're never going to settle. We're always going to be pioneering. We're always going to be challenging. We're always going to be being stretched. And uh, having said that, um, the message I want to preach today in a series called Stretch Marks maybe a little unexpected. And uh, the message is, is, is very simply called Staging Your Celebration. It's my observation as a stretcher that stretchers don't do celebration very well. We say we will. We say that when we achieve the goal, then we'll celebrate. We say that, but it very rarely plays out that way. You know, when we when we achieve the weight, then we'll eat the donut to celebrate. Which, by the way, don't do that. Uh, When we when we eliminate the debt, then we'll go on a, 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 a financial bender. Again, don't do that. But. What often happens, you know, when we close the business deal, then we'll celebrate. What often happens with stretchers, with people who are goal-oriented, who like to to be stretched, we don't get around to the celebration. Sometimes it's because we're so knackered having pursued the goal with such fervor and intensity that when we actually achieve it, we're just like, no energy left over, no residual energy left for celebrating. The one that I'm most guilty of as a stretcher, is that when I achieve a particular goal, I've already set my sights on the next goal. I've already charted a a little bit of a course. And and, and oftentimes, when when one foot crosses the finish line, the next one's just swinging on past, ready to pursue the next goal. And so I don't stop to celebrate. Yes, it means that that I and, and people like me can get a lot done in life. But I want to highlight today, there's a dark side to only being a stretcher and skipping the celebrations. And for me, there's a reason why I keep stretching. There's a reason why I don't stop to celebrate. For me, it it, it largely is around the fact that I get one shot at this life. I'm going to be on this earth for, for probably only about 130 years, and I've got to get stuff done. It's not a long time. And I got to get stuff done. And I don't want to waste time. The clock's ticking. That's the thing. And so I'm, you know, I'm going to get stuff done. I'm going to get stuff done. And achieve some goals and be stretched and and make an impact and be influential. And all of those things, um, which are all good things in and of themselves. But I'm aware that part of the dark side, if I... Stop too often and for too long, I might not get going again. I've got that concern. And and so it raises a question. It raises a question for me, and it's a question I've heard asked from from other people in the past. and, And maybe you've asked this question yourself. How do you experience contentment without getting lulled into complacency. If you're a leader, if you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, you'll understand that, that getting this, hitting this sweet spot between stretching and celebrating is very, very difficult. It's very difficult. It's often a moving target. It's very difficult. And we want to stretch. We want to, we want to achieve. We want to have things that we can be content about, but we don't want to settle and, 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 and get in a rut and, and, and camp out at the status quo for an extended period of time. So this, this stuff's a challenge. thing is, though, if we're always celebrating and never stretching, you will get stuck. Okay? However, if you're always stretching and never celebrating, the risk is you'll actually run dry. And if you run dry, you'll eventually crack. And and we don't want that. Special uh, bonus content for those of you who are leaders, those of you who are leaders in Elevate Church, leaders in your homes, leaders in your place of business. uh, When it comes to this, this aspect around around leading and stretching. If with the people you lead, you spend too much time celebrating, you will lose your A players because A players are part of your team to get stuff done. Okay, so if you're all just about celebrating and no stretching, over time, you'll lose your A players. That's a warning, all right? As a leader, you need to understand that. A players like to be stretched. Having said that, if you're only ever stretching and don't take time to regularly stage a celebration, people will lose their confidence. If, if, if the people that you're leading are never being affirmed, if you're only ever pointing out their areas for improvement, if you're only ever telling them what they didn't do right and could have done better even if there are some things over here on the table that they're doing well, but you don't pause to celebrate them, they will eventually lose their confidence because they think that they're doing a terrible job. So it's important to stage celebrations. Now, if you want to pop your Bible apps open. uh, If not, we're going to have it on the screens anyway. To Nehemiah uh, chapter 7. And verse 73, I think it's the only verse 73 in the Bible. I could be wrong. I'm just kidding. There's plenty. Just knew that. Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 73. And and by the way, this book of Nehemiah, we've taught on it before. We don't have time to unpack it too much today. But um, for those of you that are leaders, get the book of Nehemiah out and start reading from chapter one, verse one, and you'll see a pattern that God revealed about building something, building a business, building a project, building a team, achieving an incredible goal. You can do that in your own time, obviously. I want to pick the story up around the time. Let me give you the backstory. The backstory is that the city of Jerusalem had been surrounded by a wall. In those days, surrounded by a wall for, for protection from, from enemies, a uh, sense of identity within those walls. And uh, the walls around Jerusalem had been, had been uh, destroyed. And they'd been laid destroyed for a period, at this point in time, a period of 150 years, okay? And so during that time, the, the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel, had, had, had lost Some of their identity, they'd been scattered. They were consistently uh, under threat, under pressure. And after 150 years, when nobody had stood up to, to take the lead in this, to rebuild the wall, God called out a guy named Nehemiah and gave him the job, the mission, to rebuild the wall. And this wall had been down for 150 years. Nehemiah got busy preparing He didn't just start, turn up and start building the wall. He spent a season in preparation, which is critical. He, in fact, prepared so well that when they got to building the wall, they were able to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem in 52 days, which was unbelievable. And in fact, it was a clear demonstration to everybody, Israelites and non-Israelites alike, that God had done this through Nehemiah because it was much too incredible to have pulled this stunt off. At all, let alone in 52 days. And so, now the wall's built, and I'll pick up where the historian uh, records the story. The priests, Levites, security guards—see, we need some of them here. Singers and temple support staff, along with some others, and the rest of the people of Israel all found a place to live in their own towns inside. The walls. By the time the seventh month arrived, the people of Israel were settled in their towns. Then all the people gathered as one person in the town square in front of the water gate and asked the scholar Ezra to bring the book of Revelation of Moses that God had commanded to Israel. That was essentially the first, what we now have is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus. Okay. So Ezra the priest brought the Revelation, the, the, these five Uh, Books would have been scrolls, Uh, certainly were not mobile apps, to the congregation, which was made up of both men and women, everybody capable of understanding. It was the first day of the seventh month. I want you to remember that. It was the first day of the seventh month. That was significant. I'll come back to that. He read it facing the town square at the Watergate from early dawn until noon in the hearing of the men and women, all who could understand it. And the people listened. They were all ears to the book of Revelation. Ezra, I want you to get this. Ezra stood for five hours reading over and over what we now know as the first five books of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, there's a fun game for the whole family. Read that around the dinner table. For five hours. And the people were all ears. How many of you would love to listen to me preach for five hours? Yeah, that's right. It's good. It's good. It's it's, it's good. Yeah, me too. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Be careful what you wish for. The scholar Ezra stood on a wooden platform constructed for the occasion. And he was flanked on the right by uh, Mama, Se, Mama Sa, and Mamakusa. Oh, man. You guys. See, Steve, is with me, man. This is... I, I'm probably the first preacher that's ever... Simultaneously, quoted Michael Jackson, Rihanna, and Akon. Yeah, okay. And and you guys either missed it or just missed it. You b- bunch of whiteies. So was Michael Jackson, I guess. Um, all right. So, well, you didn't expect me to read all those. Jeez, all right. I want want to unpack a few things from this point in history. First thing to appreciate is that there was first the sacrifice, the work, then the celebration. Okay? We live in an entitlement, increasingly entitlement culture where people want the rewards before the work. They want the trophy without the training. They want the Grammy without the grind. Shall I keep going? And okay, and uh, correct answer. Um, It doesn't work that way. And and so here we have a, a group of people who worked hard, who worked hard for 52 days and got the wall rebuilt And now, having done the work, having made the sacrifice, then they built the platform and staged the celebration. Now, you could just read this little bit of the story, know the backstory, know that the wall had been down 150 years, know that God had called Nehemiah to, to lead the people to rebuild the wall, know that the wall was rebuilt in 52 days, know that the people had moved back into the cities and, 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 and started settling in the towns. And obviously, this is the perfect time to stage a celebration. It's like beer o'clock in Israel, okay? We've done the work, we can, you know, and, and, and it's like, we, we could think, well, of course that's what they would do because the job had been done. They'd done the work. Now they have the celebration. What's important to understand is actually they had only done the easy bit. You see... The wall had been down for 150 years, which mean that, meant that that the people had been scattered, the towns ha- had been de- had been decimated. With that, meant that the economic system would have been in ruins, the education system would have been in ruins, the relational familial systems would have been in ruins, the health system, the sanitation, etc., etc., etc. Building the wall was only the first stage in the process of rebuilding the city. You understand? And actually was the easy bit. Comparatively, they got that done in 52 days. It would take years for them to rebuild the city. But despite the fact that they had to still still rebuild the city and everything that went with it, they took time to stage a celebration. The job hadn't been done, hadn't been finished, but they celebrated progress. It's a start. The wall's up. It's a start that positions us for the next phase of God using us to rebuild the city. It's a start. A few months back, a number of you were on the journey with us. Uh, we per- purchased a residential property just outside uh, next to our s- small car park here, and um, It was a great opportunity, strategic piece of land. Uh, It came up for sale. We moved quickly. Um, And uh, uh, without boring you with all of the the finer details, the process of then getting the finance and working through the the purchase and so on and so forth turned out to be incredibly convoluted uh, for a myriad of reasons. We we were uh, pitched... uh, Almost uh, innumerable curveballs, um, uh, there was a few times through the process where it, it looked like we may not have been able to secure the property even though the offer was in play and uh, and I led uh, the various stakeholders that were working with us to make this happen. I, I led that process and and uh, and and did that in addition to to my regular um, uh, role, I was meant to take leave a couple of times during what turned out to be n- nearly a, a three-month process, uh, and that didn't quite work out. told uh, so Jess on the phone during the week. I've, this year, I've had a very unhealthy relationship with annual leave and property, um, <laughs> and and uh, and and at the end of that, it took uh, it took a massive slice out of me. And um, but we got it, and 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 God brought us through and it's fantastic. Uh, during that process, we had, a, as, as I mentioned, a number of stakeholders uh, and uh, working with us. And Baden Johnson uh, acted as my wingman for uh, various parts of the process. And so this property uh, was due to settle on a, on a Thursday. And, uh, and I contacted Baden and I said, Baden, good news. Settlement's Thursday. Uh, Sunday Make sure you have lots of red wine at your house because I'm coming over and we're going to stage a celebration. And uh, I don't really need many excuses to hang out with Baden and Jill. We love hanging out with them. But this was very intentional. And uh, we just sat in their backyard and had a glass of red wine each and just went, it's done. That was really important. It would have been easy to, to move past that and not even just had that celebration. And, and the reason it would have been easy to move past that is because the actual bigger job isn't finished. You see, we aren't in the property business. We didn't buy that so we could, we could increase our portfolio. We, we bought that house so we could have a, a, a footprint for expansion as we continue to grow as Elevate Church. The real work wasn't buying the house. The real work is building the church. The real work is leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. The real work is not being content with being a church of 100 people when, when there are tens of thousands of people within driving distance of Elevate, of that property, this property, who haven't yet started a relationship with Jesus. That's where the real work begins. So we could have bought that property and could have said, all right, back to business. Teaching, preaching, praying, giving, serving. And we do, leading, work's not done. The bigger work's not done. The harder work's not done. The longer term work's not done. But it was important in that moment to stop and stage a celebration. The devil hates it when we stage a celebration. Because while we're hanging out in Baden and Jill's backyard, he's being reminded that we're on the winning side. He's also being reminded that we're taking a little bit of time out to regather our strength so that we can go forward and continue the progress of seeing God's kingdom expanded. The devil hates it when we stage a celebration. So this, uh, this party that the Israelites were having, I mean, they really knew how to party. I mean, get up at dawn. And listen to someone read the first five books of the Bible for five hours. I mean, wow. Whew. Man, they threw down. They finished this communal celebration that was organized for them by the, the aficionados of the temple, Ezra and Nehemiah. And then Ezra continued and said to the people, Now, it's lunchtime now, right? And he's, he's done. Five hours, maybe I'll let you guys go. Um, go home and prepare a feast. Holiday, food and drink. See, remember I said this, this was the first day of the seventh month. Do you know what the significance of the first day of the seventh month was? Why they chose the first day of the seventh month? Nothing at all. They just picked it. Because they wanted to stage a celebration. They built a platform and Ezra climbed up on it on the first day of the seventh month. It's because it's like, let's have a party. And now he says to them, it's lunchtime, go home and prepare a feast. Not, Don't have Vegemite sandwiches. Don't even upgrade it to a BLT, the most overrated sandwich in the world. No, prepare holiday food and drink and share it with those who don't have anything. This day, of celebration is holy to God. Don't feel bad. Oh, I feel bad. There's still so much work to be done. Don't feel bad. Yes, there's so much work to be done. But right now, on this day, we're focused on celebrating how far we've come. Oh, we've still got so much further to go. Yeah, but look how far we've come. It's important to occasionally glance in the rearview mirror. Don't fix your gaze there. But occasionally, Glance in the rearview mirror and thank God for how far He's already brought you. How far He's already brought us. Don't feel bad. The joy of God is your strength. You know, I I uh, I've been thinking about this message for a few weeks, and um, I don't know. I think we'd be better at this. Like the senior leader of a church influences the culture of a church. We, we know that. I know that. It's the, it's the job. And at least you're meant to. And I take that seriously. And I, and I, and I do that. And, and I know if, if I was a better celebrator, I think you guys would be better celebrators because it would be a little bit more front and center in the fabric of who we are. And so here's the thing. Here's the, here's the invitation. Challenge, invitation, both. Um because this isn't my natural default, I'm I'm a stretcher more than a celebrator. I want to make sure that you take on as much responsibility for creating a culture where we stage celebrations. Yeah, fine, come together and have Ezra and Nehemiah read the Bible out loud for five hours. And And go into your own homes, go into your own communities, go into your own families, and at at, at the more organic level, make sure you're also celebrating. Make sure you're also staging celebrations. Do both. And so last Sunday afternoon, sitting on my couch, and uh, just decided to check Facebook have a little troll, see what's going on. And uh, I saw this photo uh, just pop up in my newsfeed. Some of these people will look familiar to you. Uh, This is most of our music team. Um, Presumably, Jared, you were taking the photo as opposed to not having been invited, given that it was at your house, right? So that's uh, Jared's ginormous plate of food. That was... thirds by that stage, I'm told, uh, fourths, okay. Um, anyway, and uh, so our music team last Sunday afternoon got together for lunch, little long table lunch, and blo- uh, Steve, Steve's the plus one, top right corner. Keeping good company, buddy. Love you. Hey, man, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't get the invite, but I would have been there. Um, look, there's a reason I didn't get the invite. To be part of the music team, you have to actually go through an audition. And that's a deal breaker for me. So, so this pops up in, in my Facebook feed and I'm just sitting on my couch uh, and, and I got to tell you, it, it's, this is like the greatest photo I've ever seen in my life. Because, and I said, yeah, boy, dream come true at Bazaar Gardens. I'm sure it's pronounced Bazaar. Bazaar Gardens in Maida Vale. Um, AKA Bougainville. Where I grew up, Bazaar, the only suburb in Perth that has a road called Bazaar Gardens, and nobody thinks that's strange. (laughs) Um, I love this. They got together for lunch for no reason apart from getting together for lunch. This was nobody's birthday. This was no occasion. This was... This was hey, let's make our music team work hard. Our music team are here Thursday nights rehearsing. They also have to rehearse in their own time, learn their stuff, learn their songs, learn the chords, learn the, the charts, learn the lyrics, uh, develop their craft, etc., etc., etc. Then come together, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Then on a Sunday morning, they're they're pretty much the first in the door, eight 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 fifteen, Sunday morning awake ready, do a run through, lead us. Then when we're all drinking tea, coffee, pack up stuff, be their own roadies. We haven't got the professional paid roadies yet. Um, and, and they're developing the culture where with the sacrifice, they're also making sure they stage a celebration and 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 I wasn't there but I but I've been doing this long enough to know that 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 God would have done just as much there in that setting albeit a different dynamic than he may have done last Sunday morning in this setting it's both you understand and so my challenge and my invitation is 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 let's make sure we further create the culture where we stage a celebration. I do not want to do life alone together with a bunch of strangers that I speak to for an hour a week. I don't want you to do life alone together with a bunch of strangers where you sit next to for an hour a week Elevate teams need to be staging celebrations. Elevate groups need to be staging celebrations. But don't let it just be the organized stuff. By the way, this wasn't even organized by the leader of our music team. He was on some junket over in Sydney uh, watching the NRL grand final. What is there, rugby anyway? I don't know. Um, Still, he wasn't even there. The team just took it upon themselves to stage a celebration. Shh, quiet please. Or, or, the, or the wedding's off. Um, <laughs> oh, starting a brawl. I'm done. i will to ask one more question. You know, it's said that uh, when we were buying this property next door, that the idea for us as Elevate Church isn't to build a property empire. It's to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. It's more people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And uh, for those of you that have a relationship with Jesus Fantastic. And I know some of you guys use Elevate Church to initiate that relationship. Fantastic. Plenty, plenty more work ahead of us. Plenty more needs to be done. Um, But for those of you that actually you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity right now. And uh, all I want to do in a moment is give you the opportunity to say to Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. You may have been to a church before. You may never have been to a church before. You may have been around Elevate for a little while. That's not the question I'm asking just as I finish. That's not the question I'm asking. Are you a church person? The question I'm asking is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Jesus said, come follow me. There's a sense of him wanting us to engage with him, have a relationship with him and live a life in pursuit of him, following his lead. So if you haven't made that decision, if you, have, if you haven't said, yes, I want to have that relationship with Jesus, we're going to give you that opportunity right here, right now. All I want you to do, for those of you that have not yet said, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus, just slip your hand up and say, yes, that's me. And when I see a hand, you can put it down and we're going to pray. Awesome. Well done. Who else? This is an opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. We're going to quickly pray once we've given you that opportunity. To, to say, yes, I want that relationship with Jesus. Great. Church, we have one person put their hand up. Let's pray actually with them. So I want that person to pray. We're all going to pray with you. So it's, uh, it's something we do because we're, we're together in this journey. So I'm going to just say a, a, a line, and I want you to repeat this line after me as your prayer. So how about you say this? Dear Jesus, today I decide to follow you. I begin my relationship with you. I commit to follow you from this day forward for the rest of my life. I thank you for forgiving me and for giving me a brand new start. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's stage a celebration, best celebration of anything.